Welcome to episode 203 of the Truth Quest podcast, the truth about the alphabet soup conspiracy media. Before we get started, I want to ask you to do me a favor and share the show. If you're on social media and topics such as the doomsday cult, formerly known as the Democrat Party, or the baby formula shortage, or the Constitution, specifically what is not in it, or communism in America comes up, please share the topic-specific TruthQuest episode with your debate partner. Episodes are available on a host of platforms, including iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, Spotify, Amazon Music, Podbean, BitChute, Rumble, and Instagram, where I post a short highlight of each show at instagram.com forward slash truthquestpodcast. Whatever platform you may be listening to this on, please take a moment and give it a five-star rating, hit the like button, or leave a positive review. Another way you can help grow the show is to throw a small donation my way at the TruthQuest podcast patronage page. All donations will be used to drive awareness of the podcast through online advertising. See this episode's show notes page at truthquest.podbean.com for details. And finally, please join the conversation on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash truthquestpodcast. I'm going to warn you up front, what I'm about to share with you is something that once you see it, you can never unsee it. Virtually every night, my wife watches the CBS Evening News. Because I have an annoying habit of barking at the TV throughout the so-called newscast, she has all but banished me from the room. It drives me nuts when they purposely present one side of the story, or leave out pertinent facts, and or use loaded language to describe people and incidents that they are reporting on. The left calls this type of language dog whistles. I mean, isn't this supposed to be a news show? Instead, you only get skewed reports that support one side of the political aisle. We get fed spoonfuls of propaganda. It's all bias-affirming, with zero critical thinking. No other members of the Alphabet Soup conspiracy media are any better. As a matter of fact, most of them are worse. In this episode, I'm going to play segments from the June 15th CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell. I will chime in and explain where my alarm bells went off in my brain, and also use the opportunity to explore the truth. After all, this is the TruthQuest podcast. In the first segment, we'll tackle the Federal Reserve's interest rate hike and inflation. Today, the Federal Reserve took aggressive action to tackle the fastest inflation in four decades. The rate increase was three quarters of a percentage point, and the central bank also signaled there will be a similar increase when they meet again at the end of July. Wall Street expected the big increase, and all three indexes jumped today with the official announcement. But what it means to the average consumer is still an open question. The goal here is to slow the economy without causing a recession. As consumer prices skyrocket on everything from rent and groceries to gas prices, the Fed hopes making it more expensive to borrow money means people will spend less on things like homes and cars, leading to a drop in demand. And as we know from the gas station, fuel is pricey. So President Biden today was scolding U.S. oil companies for taking advantage of the crisis to make record profits. Okay, so I want to stop there and just make two quick observations. So she says, the fastest growing inflation in four decades. Now, I understand this is simply the introduction to the broadcast, but when I heard that phrase, I'm thinking to myself, well, why is inflation at a 40-year high? And and I wrongly assumed that I would get the answer to that question in the remaining part of the broadcast. The other part that caught my attention was what this means to the average consumer is still an open question. An open question, my ass. The alphabet soup conspiracy media takes the American people for fools. We're already in a recession, and everyone watching this broadcast knows it because they buy groceries, and they see the gas prices on every street corner, and they see the value of their 401k dropping, and they pay rent. 
Hell, even their cryptocurrencies are down. They know people who are losing their jobs, and they heard about the baby formula shortage in America of all places. Okay, so back to the segment. We've got a lot of news to report tonight, so let's start with Carter Evans in Los Angeles. Good evening, Carter. Good evening, Nora. With this rate hike, the Fed signaled it's meeting this growing inflation crisis head on. It's a bold attempt to throw cold water on a white-hot economy. The Fed is hitting inflation head on in a bold attempt to throw cold water on the white hot economy. The Fed is being bold. The economy is white hot. I guess if you listen to President Biden on Jimmy Kimmel's irrelevant show the other night, you might actually think that we have the fastest growing economy in the world. In the world. In the world. If you think I'm stuttering, look up that quote online. You'll see what I mean. It is essential that we bring inflation down. The aggressive move from the central bank today is urgent, according to Fed Chair Jerome Powell. Inflation has obviously uh, surprised to the upside over the past year, and further surprises could be in store. The last time the Fed raised rates three-quarters of a percent was in 1994, when inflation was only 2.7 percent. Nick Bunker's yeah, an economist and, with uh, job search site Indeed.com. This is a different position than the Fed had just a couple of months ago. Exactly. Their expectations haven't come true, and inflation is now very high, 8.5%. Uh, the Fed's move today will make borrowing money more expensive, with rate hikes of 1.5% already this year. A loan for the average new car price of $47,000 will cost almost $60 a month more in interest than last year. More expensive loans could discourage spending and reduce the insatiable demand now driving inflation to 40-year highs. A couple of things to note here uh, and, and point out, quite frankly, the complete disdain the alphabet soup conspiracy media has for its customers. This is an example of lies by omission. It's pure propaganda and deflection. Don't hold the mirror up because the truth will be staring them in the face. First, Jerome says inflation has surprised to the upside over the past year. Oh, really? Says the man who spent the entire last 12 months saying inflation was transitory. Hell, even former Fed chair and now Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen admitted that she was wrong about transitory inflation. I mean, really, he is the freaking chairman of the Federal Reserve. The left is constantly harping about how we must trust the experts rather than the free market. If the chairman of the Federal Reserve and the Treasury Secretary cannot recognize inflation and know what causes it, then what good are they? What good is the entire Federal Reserve System or the Treasury Department? This quote was particularly delicious. Inflatable demand driving inflation to 40-year high. This is a complete deflection of blame, too. It's deflection by omission. Don't blame Biden. Don't blame the Democrats. They are changing the definition of inflation right before our eyes. Just like they changed the definition of vaccine. Just like they changed the definition of marriage. Just like they changed the definition of a woman. Well, actually, they made it so you can't define it. You get my point. Let's run with this insatiable demand claim. I just want these folks to inject some level of critical thinking into their newscasts. Why is there insatiable demand? Or how about they explain what inflation is? After all, inflation by definition is an increase in the money supply. The result of inflation by definition is higher prices because you have more dollars chasing the same or fewer number of goods. How did the money supply increase? This is what I'd love to hear Nora O'Donnell talk about. The Federal Reserve printed the dollars. They backed them by nothing in order to pay for all the bullshit pork that the Congress ordered. 
and to send all of us stimulus checks after the government shut down the economy during COVID. So now the economy is flooded with cash, and guess what? Prices skyrocket. Meanwhile, the Democrats lie to us about it, calling it transitory, until they can no longer get away with that claptrap. And the Republicans sit and spin on their thumbs and look stupid as usual. Demand does not cause inflation. More money in the system is inflation. And because there is more money in the system, prices rise. I can't say that enough. Rising prices is not inflation. Demand is not inflation. A true media outlet would present some facts about inflation, such as the recent study demonstrating that it costs the average American family almost $500 more a month to buy the stuff we need. But higher interest rates won't lower gas prices, now over $5 a gallon nationally. Today, President Biden called on seven U.S. oil refiners to ramp up production and stop making historically high profit off Americans. Have you heard a more socialistic statement than that one? Higher interest rates won't lower prices. Biden calls on refineries to ramp up production and stop making profits. He demands that they produce more gas. Where are they supposed to get the oil to refine? Can't get it from federal lands or waters because of Biden. Can't import it from Russia because of Biden. Meanwhile, the resident is begging the Saudis to increase their production. This is the same country that he promised to make international pariahs out of while he was on the campaign trail. An intellectually honest news outlet might make a simple observation such as, is the federal government relaxing unconstitutional environmental regulations on drilling? Or something like, I don't remember the Biden administration offering to reimburse the oil companies the billions of dollars they lost during the illegal and unconstitutional government-mandated economic shutdown during COVID. ExxonMobil alone lost more than $20 billion and had to borrow more than $30 billion to maintain investments to increase capacity to be ready for the post-pandemic demand. That information was not difficult for me to find. The alphabet soup conspiracy media is not interested in presenting the entire story to its audience. Maybe the Alphabet Soup conspiracy media could offer their viewers an Econ 101 lesson and explain that if supply is low and the price high, then producers of that good will increase supply and therefore increase profits even more. Or perhaps they would make a simple observation of, why would these oil companies invest more money in drilling when the doomsday cult formerly known as the Democratic Party has vowed to end fossil fuel usage in the not-too-distant future? when they are forcing policies down the throats of the American people that reduce the demand of their product, when the doomsday cult says that they will be out of business in five to ten years, when the doomsday cult threatens windfall profits taxes, when the doomsday cult amps up the regulatory environment, why would these companies invest to produce more? Well, we want to turn to some breaking news out of Ukraine. President Biden today announced another $1 billion in military aid that includes anti-ship rocket systems and rounds for howitzers. Never has 11 seconds of an audio opened up a larger can of worms than this one. We sent another billion dollars to Ukraine. Move on to the next story. Can we not spend 30 seconds contemplating what that really means? As I said in episode 201, our overlords in D.C. are sending money to Ukraine to continue the proxy war with Russia. Our brave men and women in D.C. are willing to fight Russia down to the last Ukrainian. So instead of hosting peace talks, we have sent over $60 billion to Ukraine. Coming off the heels of the inflation segment just, just played a few seconds ago, the producers of the CBS Evening News could have tied them together. 
they were unable to make the simple observation that the United States, which is experiencing inflation not seen since the 1970s due to unprecedented levels of money printing by the Federal Reserve, is now going to print more worthless U.S. dollars and send them to Ukraine to continue the war with Russia. You must not go against the official narrative. This next clip is a great example of how the use of inflammatory descriptors or dog whistles is used. See if you pick it up when I play it. Back here in Washington, there are some new developments in the January 6th investigation. The House Select Committee today released stunning new video that's raising questions about whether there was advanced reconnaissance inside the Capitol the day before the insurrection. We're also learning about what two key advisors to then-Vice President Mike Pence will say at tomorrow's hearing. We expect to learn new details from Pence's former counsel, Greg Jacob, about how Trump was enraged on the eve of the insurrection inside the White House one-on-one -on -one with Pence. We'll also learn about how Pence finalized his letter resisting Trump's pleas to block Biden's certification. We'll learn all about how Pence's inner circle handled the crisis in the presidency. And these are from Republicans, not Democrats. Staunch conservatives. Did you hear the dog whistle? Just say insurrection over and over again, and that's what it becomes. They trespassed at best. The friggin' Capitol Hill police opened the doors and posed for selfies with the so-called insurrectionists. Did you see any police officers posing for selfies with the mostly peaceful Antifa and BLM rioters in the summer of 2020? No one has been charged with insurrection. So why do they keep using the word? I think the harshest charges anyone has been found guilty of is trespassing. And yet people remain in jail to this day without trial. That's a direct violation of their Fifth Amendment rights. Why doesn't alphabet soup conspiracy media pound the table on that issue? I mean, that's a true travesty of justice. Check out episode 172, The Truth About January 6th, if you're interested in more on that. Did you catch the other pertinent use of loaded language? How brave Vice President Mike Pence was over the enraged Trump. You know, because you never want to miss an opportunity to trash Trump. He was enraged. Then the last part of this segment, which actually made me laugh out loud. These are from Republicans, not Democrats, Nora added delightfully. And then the reporter answers her, staunch conservatives. I'm willing to bet my next paycheck that the words staunch liberals or rabid leftists have never been uttered on the CBS Evening News. I'm even willing to bet that the word liberal or leftist were never used to describe a politician or a policy prescription. Continuing the loaded language theme, See if you can pick up on this next clip. Now to Buffalo, where the white suspect accused of killing 10 black people in a racially motivated mass shooting at a supermarket was charged today with federal hate crimes and could face the death penalty. The charges were filed on the same day that Attorney General Merrick Garland visited the site of the attack where he laid 10 roses at a memorial and later met with family members of the victims. Did you catch it? White suspect killing black people. Racially motivated hate crime. Again, similar point from the previous story. Do you think the words black suspect or black shooter and white victims and hate crimes have ever escaped Nora O'Donnell's lips on the CBS Evening News? If the race of the shooter and victims is relevant in the Buffalo shooting, why don't they point it out on every time they report on a shooting? And they felt it was important to mention that Attorney General in name only Merrick Garland visited the site and laid 10 roses down. Has a single Democrat member of Congress or a member of Biden's cabinet ever visited Chicago or Baltimore after any given weekend of death and carnage? Of course not. That would not advance the political agenda. That's what all this shit is about. There's no sincerity in any of it. 
The CBS Evening News is simply a stooge for the doomsday cult formerly known as the Democratic Party. The next two clips demonstrate the purposeful presentation of one side of the story and leaving out pertinent facts. There's two major COVID headlines tonight. Dr. Anthony Fauci, the president's chief medical advisor, has tested positive. CBS News confirms that Fauci, who's 81, has mild symptoms and is being treated with Pfizer's drug Paxlovid. He's working from home. The other big news is something a lot of parents have been waiting for. FDA advisors have signed off on COVID shots for children that are younger than five years old. Let's tackle Fauci first. Of course, there isn't even a consideration of discussing the crimes against humanity committed by this evil, corrupt man. Much like the already discussed failed so-called experts that we must trust and follow, like Jerome Powell and Janet Yellen, I can't think of someone in the public eye that should be more roundly rejected, jeered, and dismissed than this piece of garbage. So the guy who pushed and forced the experimental COVID vaccine, without mentioning any side effects, the guy who presumably has already gotten 14 boosters, this man gets a complete pass from the alphabet soup conspiracy media. Why is he testing positive and having symptoms if he is vaccinated? Oh, you say, well, his symptoms were less severe because of the vaccine. Oh, is that right? I thought a vaccine was supposed to prevent a disease. At least that's what Fauci told us back in the day. And wouldn't a real news outlet provide a little color commentary around this Pfizer drug that Fauci's taking? What is it, Paxlovid? I thought the media told us the only thing that could fix COVID is the vax. Well, come to find out, Paxlovid is Pfizer's version of basically ivermectin. They're both antiviral meds. Except Pfizer's version costs, you know, 100 times more than ivermectin, and it hasn't been demonized or ignored by the media. Rather, it's been celebrated. We know that both ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine are cheap, safe and effective, repurposed, off-label drugs to treat early COVID symptoms. Does Nora O'Donnell mention the dozens of studies attesting to that fact? Nope. You can't talk about that stuff in the alphabet soup conspiracy media because it will cause vaccine hesitancy. All that type of talk has been forced to alternative news outlets due to big tech censorship. The vaccine and Pfizer are the only answer to every question about treating COVID. Check out episode 167, The Truth About Ivermectin, if you're interested in that topic. Oh, and get this. And it just so happens that the day of this broadcast, Pfizer announced they would stop enrollment in their clinical trial for this Paxlovid for standard risk COVID-19 patients because the latest results suggested the drug did not reduce symptoms or hospitalization and deaths, at least not to a statistically significant degree. But that's not relevant to the Fauci has COVID story, is it? Just keep pushing these high-priced experimental treatments on the American people. If you're interested in the truth about Anthony Fauci, check out episode 179. So what about this vaccine approved for use with children? Let's dive into that a little bit. Late today, an FDA panel voted to recommend both Moderna's two-dose vaccine for children under the age of six and Pfizer's three-dose regimen for kids under five. Each vaccine is a fraction of an adult dose. A recent survey found only one in five parents of children under five wants to vaccinate their kids right away. Those five to 11 have been eligible since November, but less than 30% are fully vaccinated. The vaccine still needs final authorization from the CDC director and a vote to recommend. If that happens over the next few days, pharmacies, hospitals, and clinics could offer this vaccine to young kids as early as next week. Nora? Yeah, parents will be happy. Meg Oliver, thank you. Again, 
No intellectual honesty here. No, no honesty at all. No critical thinking allowed. No going off the regime's script of everyone must get the shot. One simple question the alphabet soup conspiracy media could ask is, what happened to the Hippocratic Oath? You know, the one that says, first, do no harm. Another question they could pose is, why is the FDA providing emergency use authorization when there is no emergency? Perhaps the producers of the Alphabet Soup Conspiracy Media Bravda Network could provide their viewers with some statistics on exactly how many children have died from COVID. You know, some type of honest pushback on the drumbeat of take the safe and effective vaccine. Safe and effective, safe and effective. When it has been proven beyond a shadow of doubt, that is neither safe nor effective. There's not even a hint of the fact that children are many times over more likely to die of drowning or car accidents or even lightning than from COVID. Why are we injecting an experimental drug into children? It's bad enough to do it to adults who can make a bad decision on their own, but these federal regulators and brainwashed parents are going to inject this shit into their kids for absolutely no reason. And 10, 20, 50 years from now, what will be the consequences? We have no idea. This is pure lunacy. And the alphabet soup conspiracy media remains utterly uncurious and disinterested. They never mention the hundreds of thousands of pages of vaccine-related documents that Pfizer tried to suppress for 75 years until a judge jumped in. Each month we get a little piece of information here and there, but shouldn't we know everything before putting this shit into our bodies? At the very least, they could have surfed over to the Bears tracking system and just read some of the statistics about the hundreds of thousands of reported vaccine injuries or the tens of thousands of reported vaccine-induced deaths. I'll say it again. We are talking about crimes against humanity here, and the alphabet soup conspiracy media is utterly disinterested. But man, oh man, they can keep that Russia collusion hoax alive for years. And in this particular episode, you can see how they are keeping that January 6th hysteria story alive, even if it's on life support. Part of the segment on COVID that I cut out for the in the interest of time contains three brief sound bites from two mothers and a pediatrician, I think, all of who are really, really excited about the opportunity to, to inject this experimental vaccine into theirs and other kids' bodies. Can someone say mass formation psychosis? Check out episode 180 if you're interested in that. Now, to their credit, CBS did include in that clip I just played some skepticism that was demonstrated by the majority of parents. What was it? One in five parents do not want to vaccinate their children right away. And finally, this dog whistle segment. Farther west tonight, Montana's governor is asking for federal help after the unprecedented flooding at Yellowstone National Park. The northern half of the park got the worst of the damage and may not reopen for months. CBS's Jonathan Vigliotti reports tonight from Montana. Tonight, Yellowstone National Park remains closed after historic flooding driven by climate change washed away roads and trapped residents in rising floodwaters. Days of rain and a rapidly melting snowpack pushed the Yellowstone River to nearly 14 feet, the highest level ever recorded. Closures come as the tourist season was about to kick off, a popular destination for more than 2 million visitors each summer. Historic flooding driven by climate change. Just notice, like he just says it and moves on, like it's a fact that's written in stone. Everyone knows that anytime something strange happens in the environment, it's because of climate change. Even though similar events happened decades ago and even centuries ago, where there was no such thing as climate change. It's the same tactic, different story. It's like safe and effective. 
climate change. They're the same thing. It's dog whistles. Repeat it over and over again, and the ill-informed accept it as fact. Any person with the slightest ability to think critically might observe that uh, during the winter months, it snows, and that snow accumulates at higher altitudes in the Yellowstone National Park. Then when the climate changes in the spring and summer, that snow melts, and it drains down to the basin. This year, it warmed up quicker than normal. The reason it was quicker than normal is because of this undefined climate change, right? I guess. These buffoons are telling their viewers that climate change is at fault. So when these same viewers go back and they hear the doomsday cult, formerly known as the Democratic Party, mention you know, punitive measures like record high gas prices, all in an effort to transition to green energy, they will just, like lemmings, say, Oh, okay, Joe, whatever you say, I'll, I'll go buy a $60,000 electric vehicle in the middle of a recession so I can avoid pain at the pump and help with climate change. But then, unless you're truly a brain-dead leftist Kool-Aid drinker, your sixth-grade logic's got to kick in. What about that $600 a month car payment I'm going to be stuck with, with that electric vehicle? Shit, maybe I'll just pay out the ass for gas instead. These people are literally insane. And finally, I left the best for last. As I mentioned in the beginning of the episode, my wife has all but banished me from watching the CBS Evening News with her because of my constant harping at the TV. Well, in this particular episode, I was in the adjourning room when the reporter made the comment about Yellowstone being a popular destination for two million tourists. Both my wife and I simultaneously yelled out to the very same syllable, if they can afford it. And that's why I decided to produce this episode. And that's the truth about the Alphabet Soup conspiracy media. Please join the conversation on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash truthquestpodcast.